Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live show that we do every single Sunday to bring you guys our facts and analysis of the news of the week, what's going on, so you can actually get the intersection of common sense and facts and, uh, you know, make make some educated decisions. And it has been a wild and hilarious week of absolute stupidity, uh, complete dumbassery. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that we need to talk about. Uh, there's, you know, there's a border. Cra- well, first of all, let, let's let's put this in the proper context. Everyone needs to know that right now Joe Biden is on vacation at his beach home in Delaware. And meanwhile, there's a border crisis, a massive border crisis going on. Uh, There was, we finally got a Durham indictment. Hmm. I'm not as excited as most people are, uh, and I'll explain why later in the program. But Durham actually has an indictment. It took him long enough, and what good's it really going to do at this point? But, and a lot of other stories. We're even going to, unfortunately, have to talk about Nicki Minaj. Uh, never in my life did I think I was going to talk about Nicki Minaj on the program. Yet here we are. These yeah. are the crazy times that are 2021. So we're going to be kicking the show off. Don't forget that uh, if you're coming in here, I talked to some people today that were fans of the show. Actually, weirdly enough, unaware that we actually go live. Uh, so for those of you that might be listening later, uh, getting this as a podcast, don't forget that we go live every single Sunday from noon until two at Spreaker.com forward slash WrongThinkRadio, where you can join our chat while we talk and you can keep up with our other listeners and have conversations there. We'll also answer your questions on the air. And if you want to support the program, you can do that by going to SubscribeStar.com forward slash WrongThinkRadio. It's two ninety nine a month and it helps keep the lights on, keep us going. It pays the bills. But Hmm. we have a couple of small stories that we're going to cover before we dive into, obviously, the big national news stories that are going on, some of which are funny, uh, some of which are depressing. Not not horribly depressing, but we are going to make fun of everyone here on the show. So uh, if you thought we were only going to attack certain people, my goodness, you're wrong. But a couple of small stories, once again, uh, something that I will say that I'm, I'm very happy about is the amount of outrage that is being caused at schools. And the reason why I'm Mm. bringing this up is because I've had this theory. I've brought up the, uh, (laughs) I've brought it up. Somebody, uh, I'm getting called out by HD cynical on our chat right now for absolutely channeling Robin Williams in good morning Vietnam (laughs) at the beginning of the show. And so, yeah, yeah, it's exactly what I did. Good morning. Anyway, point is, uh, so I've had a theory. I've brought it up on the program before, but I want to kind of go a little bit further into it. And that is um, because of vaccine mandates, critical race theory, all of these different things that are happening. There's a lot of parents that are now getting more and more involved at local school board levels. And the reason why I bring it up is I've already seen it a little bit and I brought it up on the show, but I want to really point it out to people right now. More and more, especially when we get closer to an election season, which is when people really start to care about this stuff, it's when you're going to start seeing more grassroots candidacies and and things of this nature, you are going to see these regular mothers that are going to school board meetings and talking about mask mandates, talking about uh, the 
critical race theory that's being taught in schools, uh, talking about some of the other subject material that's being taught in schools. These people are going to get attacked right now. We're sort of in like a honeymoon phase where not very many people are paying attention except for those on the right. So a lot of people on the right are sharing videos of parents at school board meetings that are protesting things. And that's all well and good, but it's being widely ignored by the mainstream media. The reason why is a, they don't, they don't want to give anybody any ideas, but there's nothing that's really going to push it. But I almost give you a, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting, going to give you exactly what's going to happen uh, in the future. And that is you're going to start hearing, it's happening a little bit, about how all of these people are QAnon or something mm. like that. Because I'm telling you right now, these surges, especially because they're occurring in suburban areas, are going to be one of the biggest threats for the 2022 election season because the Democrat Party has tied itself to a lot of these policies. They've tied themselves to critical race theory. They've tied themselves to all of these mandates with masks and vaccines and everything. And if there's one thing... Uh, if there's one thing that's going to be a, a really good boon for local politics, uh, for Republicans, it's going to be basically the libertarianism of don't mess with my kids. <laughs> and right, certainly. It, it, it's going to be viewed as a, it's going to be a huge threat because the Democrats can't walk that dog backward. They're not going sure. to be, you're not going to be able to get a Democrat candidate that's like, well, you know, it's like, I'm going to support vaccines, but not mask mandates. Like, that cannot happen. They can't say, I don't think we need to be teaching critical race theory to three-year-olds. They can't do that either. So this is actually one of the single, like, this is the big uh, chink in the armor. And so there's going to be... It, absolute situations where you're going to see especially when i say mothers because that that's what's going to get a lot of the attention you're going to see some of these people come up as being like school board candidates or possibly even state level representatives maybe even bigger if you get like a good national story i guarantee you it's going to become another one of these conspiracy theories that these people are all you know as the media tries to say it, they're all a bunch of crazy kooks um mm. so i just want to call that and part of that is because I have a few things to share from school boards. So here's the first video. This is a teacher who posted a video on TikTok. And the premise of this, now, he, obviously, you guys can't see it because this is audio, but he's a white guy. He's just a regular white guy. And hilariously behind him uh, in this video, he's standing in front of a pride flag because for some reason, this is like the big deal for teachers. They have to have like a pride flag somewhere. It ha like it, it's a requirement. Uh, but he is explaining in this video about how encouraging students to behave in classrooms, things like sitting down and, and not talking, are white supremacy. And, and this has caused a lot of outrage at the school. So here's uh, here's that video so you guys can all hear what he has to say. I made a comment on one of Miss April's recent videos about PBIS in which I stated that PBIS is white supremacy with the hug. And a lot of y'all wanted to know more about that. So here we go. First of all, thank you to Jack Copa, who um, reminded me that um, Dina Simmons was the first to coin this term. So thank you, Jack, so much. 
So if PBIS concerns itself with positive behaviors, um, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what are those positive behaviors? And it's things like making sure that you're following directions and making sure that you're sitting quietly and you are in your seat and all these things that come from white culture. The idea of just sitting quiet and being told stuff and taking things in in a passive stance is not a thing that's in with many cultures. So if we're positively enforcing these behaviors, we are by extension positively enforcing elements of white culture, which therefore keeps whiteness at the center, which is the definition of white supremacy. Well, there you have it, folks. Sitting still, mm. following directions, white supremacy. That um, that seems like a very dangerous thing line for this uh, teacher to go on. Because what's his what's his uh, call to action here? White supremacy bad? Doesn't shouldn't this guy want people to you know sit still and pay attention in classrooms? That's what teachers always wanted when I was in school. So I guess that that has changed, and now we don't want that. We want kids to be rambunctious and not listen to the teacher. It seems like this is just going to kind of come back to bite this guy. Well, I mean, is his statement here that black students can't behave like that? Like, I mean, because let's be honest, like we, we have to ask this question because they want to make race such a big deal. So it feels like what he is saying is that genetically black students mm. can't sit still and behave in a school. Well, no, it's that they genetically are predisposed towards needing a different strategy than what white students need, which is our white supremacist system only promotes things that white people people are capable of. Blacks just need a totally different type of setup <laughs> oh. in order to be in order to be effective. Like they're they're their racial handicap, as it were. It's like that's basically how he's discussing this is. Yeah. The races are so different at a genetic level that it affects – well, basically the differences in race at a genetic level affect uh, – have a cognitive effect and thus blacks and whites are cognitively different and need different learning styles to effectively process information. It sounds like this would – if you follow this logic through, it would result in we should have some sort of some sort of separation between the races, like a white school and a black school. And we can have the white supremacist ideas running the white school, uh, teaching them, you know, how they learn best and the black supremacist ideas running the black school, teaching them how they learn best. And that really would be the best for everyone if I'm following this guy's logic to its conclusion. My my favorite part is obviously this is just this is just the result of the bigotry of low expectations. Yeah, but, and it's virtue signaling of look how much I'm promoting the interests of black people over white people. Aren't I a good person, everybody? Right, but at the same time, it yes. So so to Alan's point, because I'm about to give this guy way more credit than he deserves. Is it? This is just a virtue signal. This is just him. Like, look at how good an ally I am. Oh my gosh, I'm so great. Uh, and and that's that is exactly a hundred percent all this is. This is just him wanting to get that dopamine of likes and whatever, and you know, want, wants to get patted on, you know, yeah. patted on the ass for how great a job he's doing. 
what's hilarious about it is just like the structure of these arguments actually just shows how stupid these people are because, oh, you know, the sitting still and doing blah, 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 you know, that's not really common in other cultures. You mean the other cultures that also didn't have doctors and hospitals and didn't have, you know, bridges, windows and bridges and ships and power plants. Yeah. Steam engines. Yeah. Like electricity, (laughs) like indoor plumbing. Yeah. Like this is, the, the the whole thing here is, you know, every advanced society, regardless of race, did end up basically uh, copying the academia model. Or at least coming up with the, basically the same conclusions. So it would be things like, during the height of the Muslim world, they were forging ahead with modern kind of increasing civilization and guess what? They had schools where people had to learn things. Yeah. Everywhere, everywhere has come to the same conclusions of you need to teach people stuff and they need to shut up and listen to teachers at t- sometimes. Yeah. You, you like the don't speak unless spoken to was sort of a universal concept with children for a long time. But he's, he's like this. And I want to know, like, what cultures are you talking about? So what, what I'm, what I'm hearing here is this guy probably did like some backpacking trip through Africa and showed it all over his Instagram or something. And was probably like, see how they learn in Nairobi. And you're like, dude, this is a third world country, not the model you want to emulate. Not something that we should promote. Like, let's not, let's not be the, let's not be this way. And, and and he's he's the same, he's the kind of dumb elitist that absolutely would sit there in a third world country and go, "This is really what we should be doing." Be, and he probably looks at it and goes, "I went to Africa, so I know exactly how black people are. Every single one of them, even the ones I meet in Chicago, it's the same, yeah. same." Yeah, well, and, it, and it all comes from this, like, "Oh, I am just going." It's this weird, almost um, just bizarre lionization of the of indigenous peoples and blacks and all these. Like, oh, I'm going to it's almost like I want them to be better than me so that I can then impress people on how cool I am. Actually, did you know that the Native Americans learned better, used oral storytelling? And that was how their, you know, their education system worked. Okay, but they didn't invent the wheel, so maybe it wasn't that great. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we we were able to take over areas. Yeah, well, they they <laughs> lost for reasons. But hmm. you know, hey, but but that was all colonialism and therefore evil. Success bad. Um, basically, yeah. Yeah, and as HD Cynical points out, uh, basically says it's the bigoted ass clowns like this who do better recru- recruiting for neo Nazis and white supremacists. No, that's that's very true. Yeah, very true. Because a lot of I th- I think if there is actually if there is a upsurge in people that are embracing white identitarianism and white nationalism and you know fascism or neo Nazism or any of these other hor- horrifying isms. If that's actually happening, it is entirely due to things like this and these sorts of people. Where if people go, wow, I hate what's going on here. What's the absolute opposite of this? Fascism? 
deal. I guess that's what I am now. Wow, I just watched a pride parade that stopped in front of a kindergarten and uh, displayed degeneracy to all the children. Okay, what's the opposite of that? Being a Nazi? Okay, being a Nazi obviously isn't that bad then. On that then. Whatever yeah. that is, I'm, I'm the opposite of that. How, 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 how do I, who do I have to join to not be okay with 10 year olds twerking? Uh, oh, okay. That those guys, oh, it's yeah, the Nazis. Right. Great. Well then I guess I'm a Nazi now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, all right. So another, another school board, uh, issue here. Um, hopefully this video doesn't go off when I'm trying to pull up the story as well. Uh, but let me, let me grab this real quick. So this comes from, uh, Hudson and, mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is a wild story. Uh, so, I'm trying to figure out exactly which Hudson it is because it's the Hudson mayor. I believe this is in Ohio. Yeah, it's Hudson, Ohio. So, okay. uh, yeah, this is from the Akron Beacon, Akron Beacon Journal, and this is the Hudson mayor is asking all five school board members to resign or face possible criminal charges. Over a high school, over high school course material that he said a judge called child pornography. Mayor Craig Schubert made the statement during Monday night's Board of Education meeting after multiple parents complained about the content of some writing prompts contained in a book called 642 Things to Write About, provided to high school students who are taking a college credit course called Writing in the Liberal Arts 2. Parents said that the parents said there was a prompt that asked students to write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom and another yeah. which said rewrite the sex scene from above into one that you'd let your mom read wait a minute well what age group was this this is high school students still oh uh, yeah. what another prompt asked students to drink a beer and describe how it tastes Parents said that they felt these writing prompts and others were not appropriate for high school students. Uh, My question is, is actually this probably is more of a collegiate level uh, book. Yeah. So. uh, So, yeah, it's a college credit course. So this is a collegiate level book. Even still. Well, this is the funny part about it. Right. So. So let's just like without without being being super like a. I can't prudish about it. It's these are writing prompts. Prudish as I want, damn it. (laughs) These these are these are writing prompts. Obviously, like college level. But here's the question: of all the things that you could write about to make people good writers, why is sex scene necessary? Yeah. That's no. That but that's the reality of this is one of the biggest problems when it comes to academia because. To be completely honest, from every artistic standpoint, sex scenes are considered like the easy way out. Yeah. That's always the joke, right? Bad film writing is the one that has to throw a bunch of boobs in people's faces because it doesn't have anything better to do. Mm-hmm. Yet college level writing is write a sex scene that you you wouldn't want your mom to read. Ew. <laughs> It's weird. Yeah, yeah, right? So, like, even at a collegiate level, like, okay, so the idea is that we're supposed to just agree that, okay, well, for college students, this isn't a big deal because it's not children. But at the same time, it's just dumb. It's just dumb because yeah. why? Like, we're going to make you good writers, so write porn. This like, honestly write... feels like some teacher somewhere had some 
view on, oh, I'm a feminist and we're going to promote sex and it's going to really piss off all of these Christian conservative families in the middle of the country that I thoroughly hate. This sounds like it, it sounds like this only comes from the mind of someone who feels they have to take revenge on their fellow citizens by manipulating their children. Like I'm going to get a bunch of a bunch of brand new college students from places in Ohio or Tennessee, and they're going to be all excited to learn. And then I'm going to make them write sex scenes. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's that feels yeah. like how this is. It feels like where this comes from. It, it it really does. And the funnier part about it is like you could do so much better. Like write, you know, you need to write a five page story that makes yard work sound interesting. That challenges a writer to bring their audience in on taking yeah. something extremely boring and making it exciting. Mm-hmm. There's no talent in, in <laughs> Everyone, everyone's pretty on board that sex is kind of exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. but we have the audio here of him. Uh, the audio is a little poor, so I wanted to read the story beforehand, but I do want to play the audio because I, I like the idea of you guys being able to hear it from somebody's mouth. This is the mayor at the meeting demanding the resignation of the school board. Uh, and this is from Akron, Ohio, or the Akron area in Ohio, but it's uh, from Hudson, Ohio. So here, here's that audio. Members of the board, my name is Craig Schubert, mayor of the city. It has come to my attention that your educators are distributing essentially this child pornography in the classrooms. I've spoken to a judge this evening. She's already confirmed that. So I'm going to give you a simple choice. You could choose to resign from this board of education. I love it. So I'm yeah. going to give you a simple choice. You can resign from the board this evening or be charged, which is to be complete. There has to be more to it because when I read the story, I was like, eh, you know, like, like, obviously I don't agree with, you know, the writing prompts, but there's 642 of them, whether they were assigned, I don't know. There's a lot of outs. But there's something about what was contained in the curriculum that the mayor spoke to a judge and the judge went, yes, we can criminally charge. Yeah. So maybe in, this isn't uncommon, but a lot of the media that's picking up on this, I'm sure that a, lo- a lot of these things are uh, more in, in they're they're more in the vein of what they know will grab the headlines, but there has to be more to it than just that. I'm not sure what it is, but you know, we'll, we'll find it. But it was enough that a judge sat there and said, this is something we can charge. Yeah. So that's something, that's something, that's something big. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's weird, but that doesn't, uh, it's, it's not surprising. Well, and, I feel that's why a lot of this comes from over the past four years, probably while Donald Trump had been voted into office by all of these evil racists, a bunch of teachers and left-wing progressives were told by the media that they need to be the resistance in any way possible. And their idea was, we're going to promote all of these 
curriculum materials in schools essentially as revenge against this imaginary group of conservative racists that they saw were ruining the country. Right. I'm certain that is the motivation behind all of this. Well, yeah. And there is a, I think, I think a lot of people like they see it, but it it is sometimes difficult to put, um, put words to it, you know, unless you really berate the fact is there is an extreme amount of just vengeance yeah. In a lot of this. And I, I think I think you summarized it. Per- like there's so many subjects that we could have where you you basically did it where you like rubbed your hands together. and was like, how oh, I'm going to get back at them. Like, I'm going to yeah. do this because one time my uncle uh, proved to everybody at the Thanksgiving table that I was a complete idiot about like, you know, my socialism when I was in college. And now I'm going to get back at all of them. And there is there there is an, an obscene amount of of vengeance that really drives a lot of these progressives, especially in schools. You know, they have like this, this chip on their shoulder, this grudge against society. And it's funny because I think a lot of it comes out, uh, the, the kind of power tripping, you know, I'm going to get back at everybody from a lot of these like mask mandates. There's a, a video that went viral earlier this week on Twitter where a woman uh, had a two-year-old that refused to wear their mask because they're a two-year-old on an American Airlines flight, and supposedly she was kicked off the flight. You can see on the video the kid's throwing a fit, doesn't want to put the mask on. Uh, yeah, the person taking the video identified the flight attendant, who basically called and had her removed from the flight because her her child wouldn't put their mask on and as she's I also leaving, believe this child had this and this child had asthma <clears throat> now yeah so yes that is in the post i mm-hmm. i i don't i don't know and and may, maybe that's true 100% but it doesn't need to be true well that's, the thing is yeah. if it is true as this mother claims I think it makes it even more egregious because it means that the flight attendants and everyone else is so indoctrinated into this COVID cult of hysteria that they were so unwilling to see reason about this. Right. Like you think it would be pretty easy to say, listen, I'm sorry, but my child has asthma and is currently like possibly having an asthma attack. Like you think that would be if that guy over there can drink his orange juice without a mask on, my kid can have an asthma attack without his mask on. Right. People on planes don't have to wear the mask all the time. I can take it off to eat. I can take it off to drink. I can probably take it off when the flight attendant isn't looking. The pl- the airplanes are totally okay with that. They tell you when you get on an airplane, now you have to keep your mask on the whole time unless you're eating something. And then we're going to hand out drinks and we're going to hand out crackers. So they clearly don't take it that seriously. But because this kid didn't want to wear his mask and it was causing a problem, suddenly we're going to take this super critical. Oh, my God, he's endangering everyone on the plane. <laughs> yeah, it it is utterly it's utter nonsense. These people are on a crazy power trip and they have been in and it is a. Just COVID has become mass hysteria. It is a case of mass hysteria that is 
totally devoid from any kind of realities about a virus or a vaccine or any of it. It is a state of mass hysteria that we are all captive to because the media, the Democrat Party, the the World Economic Forum, whoever it is, has created this scenario to drive our countrymen insane and make our lives a living hell. Well, and and remember, remember that the commonality here is the media has gone out of their way to make people who don't get the vaccine and people who don't wear masks synonymous with Trump supporters. So it's who are all bad, evil, racist people who deserve to be hurt and deserve to have bad things happen to them. Right. They are they have been they are the enemy. They are the wreckers. They're the people that are destroying society. Maybe like maybe we should force them all to wear a hat, red hat, red hat and put them all in camps and exterminate them like rats that are just, you know, bringing disease and filth into our healthy, clean body of our great socialist utopia. <laughs> and that's one. Well, that's why you see these disproportionate things, because that that's what it is, is like people can be reasonable. When you look at it and you're like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a toddler and, and, you know, the toddler has like no risk and most people are vaccinated and I believe in the science. And so the vaccines work. Right. And so the, the logic would yeah. dictate that you're fine because the vaccines work, don't they? Uh, so you shouldn't have to worry about it. But suddenly the science changed and vaccines don't work. They just make you a little better, I no. guess. Yeah, um, yeah. The vaccine is a complete failure because it does not stop transmission. It doesn't stop you from getting sick. Maybe it stops you from getting as sick from COVID, but it also causes a lot of side effects. There are more. There have been more recorded negative side effects to this vaccine than any other one that we know of ever. Yep. It's like the the number of people that have died. Like they have in the studies, they have said in the control group this many people are in in the study in some of these studies based on data from israel japan and numerous other trials that we've been doing it turns out you're more likely to die from a you're more likely to die from a complication of the vaccine either myocarditis or other issues than you are than you have would be to die from covid unvaccinated there like was... COVID has what a ninety nine percent survival rate. Yeah, the survival rate of the vaccine isn't that good. The survival rate of the vaccine is worse than COVID, un- to the unvaccinated. So, this whole thing is a complete sham and is medical malpractice on a scale that I feel is almost unimaginable. There was a gentleman. Um, his name. Uh. I believe it's Steve Kirsch. Yeah, uh, Steve Kirsch. There, there was a gentleman there. So the FDA, the FDA held a, a basically, I don't know, digital conference or some garbage called Vaccines and Related Biological Products. Uh, it was the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. And during that, uh, this was on Friday, um, mm-hmm. hosted on the YouTube site, uh, the YouTube channel for the FDA, uh, they had a an open session in which this gentleman came on and shared some information regarding vaccines right and I, what they I'm, found and and we have the audio here so so let me play oh, the good. Cl- clip okay. real quick Very good. 
Um, yeah, let, let's play the clip of what, what he had to say uh, regarding all of this. Hi, I'm Steve Kirsch. I'm executive director of the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund. I have no conflicts. Uh, advanced to slide number four with the elephant. I'm going to focus my remarks today on the elephant in the room that nobody likes to talk about, that the vaccines kill more people than they save. Today, we focus almost exclusively on COVID death saves and vaccine efficacy because we were led to believe that the vaccines are perfectly safe. But this is simply not true. For example, there are four times as many heart attacks in the treatment group in the Pfizer six-month trial report. That wasn't bad luck. Theirs shows heart attacks happen 71 times more often following these vaccines compared to any other vaccine. In all, 20 people died who got the drug, 14 died who got the placebo. Few people notice that. If the net all-cause mortality from the vaccines is negative, vaccines, boosters, and mandates are all nonsensical. This is the case today. Death rates. Um, uh, let's slide number seven, advance uh, to the number seven in lower part. This shows that the all-cause uh, death light rate in, uh, uh, in three cases. Only the VAERS numbers are statistically significant, but the other numbers are troubling. Even if the vaccines had 100% protection, it still means we kill two people to save one life. Four experts did analyses using completely different non-U.S. data sources, and all of them came up with approximately the same number of excess vaccine-related deaths, about 411 deaths per million doses. That translates into 150,000 people have died. Next slide would be slide number 11, uh, the nursing home. Now, the real numbers confirm that we kill more than we save, and I, will, uh, I would love everyone to look at the Israel Ministry of Health data on the 90-plus-year-olds where we went to, we went from a 94.4% uh, vaccinated group to 82.9% vaccinated in the last four months. In the most optimistic scenario, it means that 50% of the vaccinated people died and 0% of unvaccinated people died. Unless you can explain that to the American public. Ah, sorry, I had to, I had to unmute. Um, ah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's got... A, a lot of data that that he's pulled up, um, you know, discussing. And, and there were uh, there were other doctors that uh, commented as well, s similar similar things. Now, so, some of the pr projection stuff on it, um, it, it does get a little weird. And I, I want to make sure that people understand because I've seen uh, some some bad ways of presenting this video. So this is a question and answer session. It's a public forum aspect of this conference. So this was not someone affiliated with the FDA. This was somebody who was allowed to speak at their conference as a member of the public. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but he is, he is the executive director of the COVID early treatment fund. Right. Right. Which so is, it's not just some guy. It's some guy that actually is credentialed and part of a professional organization. Right, right. It, yeah. And his his organization specifically is uh, highlights the um, uh, mostly what, what they call uh, is it it's like monoclonal monoclonal. Um, I can never remember it. Antibody treatments, lack of a better term. 
uh, yeah, he mono, pushes mono monoclonal antibody treatments. Yeah, and, and things like that. And, and the reason why is because I mean, come on, like this stuff is necessary. Like these things exist, and they've been working, and that's yeah. the whole idea. It's, is it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a treatment for COVID and other things. It is a treatment that is successful for other things and shows that it may have or does have a potential to help treat COVID. Right. Right. And, you know, which is a good segue into some of the other weird stuff that we're seeing. Primarily that, so these uh, antibody treatments uh, have been... the. Long story short on them is this is the different kinds of uh, there's lots of them, right? There's Regeneron, which Trump received when he had coronavirus and he was hospitalized. But like Regeneron, you know, hydroxychloroquine, like all sort. Well, maybe not that, but like there's a lot of treatments that have been proven that doctors are prescribing for people who get coronavirus and they are better. Hospitalizations have been down because of these types of treatments. Yet, here we are in a situation where all of a sudden you hear that the Biden administration has decided that they're going to take over the distribution of these antibody treatments. And specifically, yeah. they cut the amount. Now, I want, I, want, I want people to understand there is no shortage of these antibody tre- of these antibody treatments the the uh, different labs that make this like regeneron and astrazeneca have actually increased their production to meet the demand there is not a shortage but for some reason the biden administration decided that they were going to restrict the distribution and the claim of why they restricted the distribution was equity, which is come again. Yes. So they restricted the distribution because of equity, which is a not equality equity, which equity is the like trigger word for, uh, the, um, outcome equity essentially means we need everybody to be getting hurt the same right now here's the question that was asked of the press secretary i believe on thursday and her response to the sudden sweeping declaration by the white house that they are now going to take over the distribution of of this medication Available showed a waning F lives and data available showed a waning efficacy of vaccines after a certain number of months. Efficacy of vaccines. I do have another question about the the president's COVID Mm -hmm. plan. He promised on September 9th that he was going to send 50% more supply of monoclonal antibodies to states. Yet the Biden administration is cutting supplies in red states by 50%. So, for example, uh, you know, in Florida, they were expecting to get 70,000 doses this week, which they say they need. They're only getting 30,000 doses. And this is not just for unvaccinated people. In South Florida, 
half the people who are seeking this treatment are fully vaccinated. So why is the Biden administration cutting these supplies? That's not accurate. So let me give you the accurate information. Uh, first of all, we are increasing our distribution this month by 50%. In early August, we were distributing an average of 100,000 doses per week. Now we're shipping an average of 150,000 doses per week. Over the last month, though, uh, and one thing that I think people need to understand for clarity, facts, I know, I know you're like facts, um, is that monoclonal antibodies are life-saving therapies that are used after infection to prevent more severe outcomes. So clearly the way to protect people and save more lives is to get them vaccinated so that they don't get uh, the COVID to begin with. But over the last month, given the rise in cases due to the Delta variant and the lower number of vaccination rates in some of these states, like Florida, like Texas, just seven states are making up 70% of the orders. Our supply is not unlimited, and we believe it should be equitable across uh, states across the country. Do you? There have been no reports of a, a, a lack of supply. So why cut them to those states only if there's no reports? I think of our supply? role as the as the government overseeing the entire country is to be equitable in how we distribute. We're not going to give a greater percentage to Florida over Oklahoma, nor do I think are you suggesting that. I think we have to move on. Go ahead, Yamish. Thanks. So there, there's actually a lot to unpack in, in, that, in that response. So number yeah. one, you, you can feel Jen Psaki's rage at the question and, and her little snippy, her little snip back. Well, let's get some clarity and facts. I know how you like clarity and facts. The uh, I know most of you people don't don't want to watch you know don't want to watch these um, press briefings. I can't tell you how obvious it is how pissed off Jen Saki gets when she's asked a hard question. Sure. And she gets so like girl boss, like, I know you like clarity and facts. So let's talk about some clarity and facts. And I'm, you know, I, I don't know who the reporter is, so I feel bad. But um, the the slap back on it, which is we're increasing the distribution of this by 50 percent of these uh, monoclonal um, antibody treatments. That That's a claim by Jen Psaki. She says that they are increasing it. The facts of this are, according to this, uh, according to this reporter, she said Florida had 70,000 orders for these antibody treatments. And then the Biden administration decided that they were going to take over the distribution of these antibody treatments. And they cut the supply to Florida by 30,000 or, or to 30,000. Mm-hmm. So over half. And so it is yeah. accurate. It is accurate. They they did do that. And specifically, this reporter said two red states, which seems to be exactly what we're seeing. Now, some of that is because red states, uh, especially with their governors, have allowed and authorized and given the ability of doctors to prescribe these medications without any sort of fear. Because there, there's a lot of stuff actually going on here. If you're in a blue state, and you're a doctor, there are a lot of people that are likely afraid in blue states to prescribe these types of medications because their state government probably wouldn't back them up and they have to get licensed in their state. Yeah. 
And so if you're in New York and you're prescribing these things and the, you know, the liberal government of New York decides to get pissed off, they might pull your medical license. So of course you're going to see these things prescribed more in red states because those doctors probably aren't in fear over a liberal governor punishing them for going against, you know, for going against the narrative. What's also interesting and something that was not covered by Jen Psaki and where it was brought up that 50% of the people in South Florida that are already prescribed these treatments that need it were vaccinated. But Jen Psaki just drives right over that and goes, these are, you know, this is something that is supposed to be prescribed to people after infection. And we're trying to push the, uh, the vaccine, which would prevent the infection in the first place. That doesn't make how sense. It works. Because yeah. the, pro- well, that's how it's supposed to work. But even the president of the United States said, we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So which one is it? Once again, yeah. we're here in crazy town where the press secretary of the president of the United States is saying, if you get vaccinated, you won't get infected. Except at the same time, you have the president of the United States saying we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And if you're unvaccinated, you can infect the vaccinated. So which one is it? If you really once again, I'll just keep stay, saying that the greatest reason for vaccine hesitancy in the United States of America is the Democrat Party and their lack of ability to have a coherent argument because it's never been about the virus. Yeah, it makes no sense. Just if if an unvaccinated person can get a vaccinated person sick, then why would that person get vaccinated? Then why? What do the vaccines even do? And it's not. And uh, as has been the case the entire time. COVID has a 99 percent survival rate. Yeah. Only people that are on death's door are negatively affected by COVID. Actually, they're the only ones that are killed. Funny thing you bring that up. Uh, Just the News, uh, John Solomon's outfit, Just the News, had a story uh, that I believe he put out this morning. Uh, There was a murder-suicide, and the family found out during the investigation into the murder-suicide that both parties involved were listed as COVID deaths. See, and they've been doing that the whole time, too. Yeah. I remember we've talked about for a while now how they they massage the COVID death numbers by doing that kind of thing. Only when Trump was in office. You don't know the death numbers now. That's true. They've you don't you don't know the death numbers Conspicuously stopped talking about it. Yeah. Since Biden's been in office, it's two two 254,579. Yeah, I, the the Washington Free Beacon puts out a, a Biden COVID death tracker because you're not allowed to know how many people die every single day. The death tracker was up while while Trump was in office. Suddenly, mysteriously, it stopped being an issue, even with the Delta variant, even with this pandemic of the unvaccinated. Still, oh no, you still don't have anybody li- listing out COVID deaths, except for in certain states. You can always find how many people died of COVID in Florida or Texas. Because they have Democrat governors. Ah. Or Republican well, governors, yeah, I'm sorry. Of course. Uh, so, you know, got to make sure that people will know who's really putting their lives at risk. Right, right. You know, make make sure that you know who, who it is and who they voted for. Because in reality, the mask is a symbol of who you vote. The mask is a symbol of whether or not you can take directions. 
And if there's one thing that progressives really need in this world, it's to make sure that you know how to take directions from the elite. That's yeah. the real, the real right. pandemic. Yeah. Now <laughs> the real pandemic, the, the real yeah. pandemic is all this goddamn Liberty. You people think is important. Um, that's the, the real pandemic, pandemic is the liberties we gave up along the way. <laughs> Uh, according to Colleen on our live chat, uh, she would like to stop sending inequitable quantities of corn and potatoes to New York. I, you know, I think that that is, it's all really, it's, it's just about equity. That's all we're trying. That's all we're trying to get. Yeah. It's really about the equitable outcome. (laughs) Also, like (laughs) it's been so funny because you know, for a fact that they thought that they had like a good zinger there, or maybe, maybe Jen Saki came up with herself, but maybe she thought she was a good, well, you know, well, we don't want to send, you know, uh, an, an equitable percentage of, uh, antibody treatments to Florida as opposed to Oklahoma. And that shows kind of how her brain works is her brain went, Oh, what's flyover dipshit MAGA country, Oklahoma. You know, she had, to, she had to pull that out yeah. and she made sure to get her. You want to go? It's like, when's the last time they cared about really cared about what happens in Oklahoma? Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the Biden administration is keeping awake at night, worrying about the people of Oklahoma. How about we send an equitable number of border refugees to Jen Psaki's house? Yeah, yeah. Well, it that's a, that's a decent segue, Alan. Um, it is. If you wanted to wear a tinfoil hat today, you could. If you wanted to try to connect some of those news stories, like the fact that suddenly the Biden administration banned antibody treatments to help treat COVID and keep down hospital numbers and vaccine de- or and I'm sorry, and uh, COVID deaths, even among the vaccinated, because apparently the vaccine doesn't work. Uh, even though everyone's going to say I'm denying science though, supposedly we got rid of polio with a vaccine. I, you all know what I'm saying. I'm going to be called a yes. science denier and everyone's going to tell me no vaccines just cut down the symptoms, which has never been a thing ever before COVID ever. And I... we all know that. Yeah, this is what infuriates <laughs> me. Not a single person would have said that two years ago. Not a single person would have said, oh, no, well, you get a vaccine to help cut down the symptoms when you catch it. People would go, that's not what a vaccine does, dipshit. Oh, you... but guess what? Guess what? They have changed the definition of the vaccine. Numerous outlets have ch- been changing their officially stated definition for what is a vaccine, how a vaccine is defined, because the COVID vaccines did not fit that definition. Right. And it, it it's... It's infuriating because everybody knows that, except they say it. And you have to, like, look them in the eyes and go, I know you just lied to me. And you know you just lied to me. Why are we doing this? Why Why do you feel the need to lie to me? And it's because they want a virtue signal. Well, I don't want to be completely unfair. Because though I can sit there and be upset about it, and I would love to sit there and say, guys, you should have more self-respect than to just gobble up whatever MSNBC tells you. But those people on the left are also trying to make sense of this crazy gaslighting that's coming from the Washington swamp. 
And so I understand that they're grabbing a hold of it because they want their freedom too. Yeah. They just, you know, they just think that they're going to get it from these ghouls in Washington, D.C. that are just absolutely lying. Like we just heard Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki doesn't believe what Jen Psaki just said. Yeah. And so. I get it because they've been told that and these poor people have been misled into thinking that the smartest people they're they've been misled into thinking that the adults are finally in charge. And every time they screw something up, they have to sit there and say, well, I mean, maybe I don't get it. (laughs) It must be that I just don't know. Oh, geez. I've never had to worry about it because I didn't think my government would actively lie to me about everything. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have thought that either for a while, but here we are. So with that segue, though, you just had a bunch of red states. And I think that that's actually very specific because news organizations are not afraid to point out that it is almost specifically red states being targeted with this sudden. We're not going. It's like it's like Joe Biden's not getting the coronavirus death totals he wants in Florida and Texas. And so he's like, well, let's just take away any of the medication they give these people and then they'll die. And then I'll get the numbers I need uh, to make people go along with my vaccine mandates. It definitely feels that way. Yeah. I I can't think of of any better uh, explanation than... That's exactly what they want. I'm not saying... They want to take away the treatments. It's the same as when we saw all of the news and all of these outlets, and indeed medical authorities, conspire to make sure nobody was taking hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, which show great promise. It's like they want to ensure that people die from COVID so that you can, they can scare people into getting the vaccines. But the vaccines don't prevent people from dying of COVID. So there are very... Oh, <laughs> I accidentally just hung up on Alan. Uh, you guys are going to hear the Skype real quick. Uh, that's, that's on me. So sorry about that. Um, honestly, I blame me... Um, what happened? I hung up on you accidentally. I was trying to oh. clear something and Oh. Yeah. Womp womp. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know what, what part we missed, but I'll just continue on. There is absolutely this very deliberate, very intentional and very highly supported push to make sure that everybody gets jabbed with one of these vaccine needles. That is the highest priority thing. That is going on with the whole government COVID nonsense to the point where all of their explanations as to why they're doing that are are easily debunked. We need to make sure everybody gets this vaccine. That is that is the most important thing. And you go, well, why is that? Oh, because um, we can so we can stop COVID. Yeah, but the vaccinated can still catch it still transmit it, still carry it, and it actually might seem like it makes it more likely that they're going to do those things. Well, um, uh, they need it because it's like none of the explanations make sense. Okay, well, why can't we use uh, ivermectin? Well, because you need to get the vaccine. Why can't we use these monoclonal antibody treatments? Well, because then you might not take the vaccine. And I'm left going, 
Why is it so important? The only explanation that makes sense to me is that the vaccine does something other than what's advertised, and that's the real thing they're trying to get you to take. And I don't know what that could be, but there's only bad explanations. There's, it's only negative things. It's like, why is it so important that everybody has to get this vaccine to the point where they are willing to lie about it? They're willing to use coercive methods. They're willing to mandate it under OSHA. When the vaccine does not totally make COVID go away, it means that there is something about the vaccine other than what they're telling us. And I don't know what that could be, but it 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 feels incredibly sinister. Yeah, now, the... I, I can't back that up with what it is, but it's like, why is it necessary to do all of these things to make sure people get the vaccine when the vaccine isn't that good? Is it just a public relations something? Is it something worse? I mean, the vaccine is promoted by all these people who are also huge eugenicists and say the world population needs to be reduced by like a by a billion people. I mean, I can't because it is so inexplicable. The only options left are to speculate on things that sound too crazy to be true. Right. Well, and that's that. That's the thing. When I say that it really is, you know, the media and the Democrat Party that's driving vaccine skepticism, it's because they, well, first of all, they denied COVID even existed or that it was a big deal. That was, it was just Trump being a racist. Right. I mean, I want to remind everybody that like in the state of the union speech, Trump brought up COVID and then you had everybody say like, oh, my God, like everything's fine. Go to Chinatown. Don't be a racist. Right. Then right. all of a the sudden they were the biggest advocates when they realized that there could be social control implemented, which mm -hmm. is weird, because if I if I was a Democrat. I would have railed against mask mandates and lockdowns and everything. I would have sat there and said, Donald Trump is trying to do this to overthrow like the nation and keep himself in power. But obviously yeah. the Democrats knew politically that this was going to be more viable for them. And so they did not do that, which is weird because, I mean, we can't deny that Donald Trump did did do some of the things that we were angry about. Lockdowns were something that came out of the Trump administration. Very true. You know, these were not something that the that the Democrats came up with. The tr the Trump administration did, which is weird because if I was worried about, you know, super fascist uh, Cheeto Hitler. I think massive lockdowns and, a me uh, you know, a, a medical state of emergency would be like, oh, my God, this is it, guys. This is how he starts the right wing death squads. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't happen. Which already made that made me extremely suspicious. Yeah, um, if if they were if they were giving Trump power to do something when they talked about how he was the second reincarnation of Hitler and Genghis Khan, then it should make you suspicious that they knew they were going to depose him and they knew that that power was then going to transfer to their guy. Right. So that yeah, there's certainly that, and I mean. Lightning fast, lightning fast when COVID-19 became a thing. They had the Perkins Coie law firm out there yeah. running around changing election laws. Right. 
Make, making very it, strange making it so all, all the all the dead people <laughs> making it so all the dead people can mail in their ballots yeah right <laughs> um, so yeah so definitely definitely strange but but the point is they did that then then when the vaccines came out it was i don't trust the vaccine because donald trump made it now it's oh my god you can only trust the vaccine and, and, and then when because the idea was it was always, okay, now that we have vaccines, mm. people get shots in arms. Now people can go back to normal. And states started to do that. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, the, the Delta variant, which the vaccine isn't good for. Oh, geez. There's, you look at this and you say, okay, either these people are just idiots, which is entirely possible. Ne- never entirely attribute possible. to malice, which you can attribute to stupidity. But sure. These people could just be idiots and it's we have to get everyone vaccinated and then we can declare a victory on this and greatest president of our time saved us from coronavirus. Yay. What the hell ever. Yeah. Um, or it, which you would have to do by saying we've rolled out all the vaccines because that was the original thing. It was like by July we were going to have 50 percent of this country vaccinated or some garbage. Ooh. But then it was suddenly a uh, Delta variant so much worse. And it's all Trump's fault. And it's all the people who didn't vote for me's fault. Oh, my God. What do we do? And then everyone's going, hey, my my grandmother who was vaccinated just died of coronavirus. Yeah. Or I got vaccinated and then I got coronavirus. And then they're yeah. going, oh, what? Uh. Well, the. The data that come is coming out of Israel, Israel, the most vaccinated country, is now having a giant spike in COVID. So it it seems to be that these other variants of COVID that keep popping up in the news are only doing so because of the vaccine. Um, Iceland. That's probably... I Actually, India is a great example. India is not very vaccinated. India has very little problem with COVID all of a sudden. We're, Israel we're th- highly vaccinated now a n- giant now a giant COVID problem. Uh, one plus one equals two here. I don't know um, if you're allowed to bring up the Israeli COVID numbers because it's probably you probably just did an anti-Semitism. I definitely did. Um, bringing up bringing up the numbers is essentially akin to a third Holocaust. <clears throat> we uh, say this because there are a couple of people that I follow on Twitter uh, that used the vaccine data. These are these are right wing people, but they're very, very big fans of the vaccine and, and all this business. Um, and they would constantly use Israeli vaccine data as how vaccines work. And now that it's crashing, uh, some of these people are now screaming uh, that you need to shut up and you're an anti-Semite. So. Um, well, th- that that was that was a, a veiled dig at them because you're not allowed to criticize um, point though. Sure. I'm not saying that causation or that correlation equals causation, but it's a little strange that they just banned basically banned. They're limiting the supply of uh, monoclonal antibody treatments to red States in primarily in the South uh, to ensure that more old people die of coronavirus. Um, yeah. At the same time, I mean, there's a surge of 15,000 people at the border, all of whom are not required to be vaccinated. Yeah, and I, I have a question. Didn't we just bring in tens of thousands of unvaccinated Afghans in the greatest airlift in human history that we were all supposed to be so excited about? And wait, 
don't didn't that cause some disease outbreak in the United States immediately afterwards? Funny story. Oh, in my state, in Virginia, huh. we have had cases of measles in northern and central Virginia. And this has been attributed to Afghan refugees who came in because they were not they don't they don't have a vaccine regimen in Afghanistan. And so now there's an outbreak of measles. What's funny is you probably shouldn't be worried about it because everyone receives a measles vaccine when they're a kid. And now liberals don't know what to do because the response should be stop being a racist. You're fine because you got vaccinated against measles, except the liberals are the ones that told us that the vaccine will just make it so the symptoms of the goat measles won't be so bad. So which one is oh. it? Well, Afghan goat measles does sound <laughs> relatively alarming. I mean, let's be honest here. Am I supposed to be worried about the idea of measles making a comeback because I'm suddenly told that vaccines don't work? Uh, yeah, that, that probably is something that, that is a very rational thing to be worried about. Yeah. Because like, does that mean that my kids could get measles, but they're they're They won't have such a bad case of measles. Cause I kind of just don't want them I to get know. them at all. And that's why we got them vaccinated because we were told that if we get them va- in fact, there's a CDC flyer that uh that has been being put out and it shows all the things that have been eradicated because of vaccines let's add covid-19 to the list and measles is one of them and it's like okay you know measles and polio and diphtheria and good you know, job like everybody that. we did it <laughs> and so i i guess the question has to be now does that mean that people in virginia are going to get the measles but just have less severe symptoms because that's supposedly how vaccines work now? Or is it that we're not going to have to worry about getting the measles because we were vaccinated against it? Which would definitely highlight the fact that the COVID-19 vaccine doesn't actually do what it's supposed to. Uh, it's the last one. Yeah. Because that is the reality. Am I worried about yeah. a measles outbreak? Not really, because everybody gets vaccinated for it. Which means yeah. that the coronavirus vaccine doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't, and everyone admits this. It's not a vaccine. It's, it's, it's yeah. It, 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 and it doesn't do the thing that we want vaccines to do. This was, they very clearly rushed the development of this. They never did long-term testing, and suddenly we're all. And then no one should be surprised when, at the end of the day, we go, "Oh, and the thing they rushed doesn't work." I guess. That's why medical treatments like this using things as the, the the whole idea behind the mRNA vaccines are really pushing the envelope on medical science and technology. They essentially had a computer design a molecule and then build it in a lab. That's why they had to change the definition of vaccine, because there is absolutely no original biological material that goes into these vaccines. It is the mRNA strands are completely built in a laboratory it's not like they're taking dead viruses and modifying them or adding them anything they completely build these in an organic organic chemistry laboratory from nothing 
and it is designed by a computer to have these uh, certain attributes to deal with this virus. It's like, okay, well, that's fine. That's pretty impressive that that even potentially works. But that is such – but you're designing the most complex organic molecules that we know in existence, which are uh, DNA and RNA strands. You're designing the most complex organic molecules we know of. And then those co- incredibly complex organic molecules are then supposed to interact with the cellular chemical system of the human body to spoof the D- – the, to spoof the DNA of a human cell into – expressing a very specifically shaped protein on the outside of a cell. The level of precision and complexity involved in doing that is unfathomably high. And so it should be absolutely no surprise that it didn't work. Yeah, It's like when we were trying to go to the moon, which is all involving things that are big, and you can build in a big factory using relatively well-known principles of physics. How many moon rockets did they have to go through before they stopped exploding on the launch pads? Quite a few. And that's building something where the physics is very well-known. Building something that is so incredible as, uh, yeah, in the ridiculous organic machine of the human body, this ridiculously shaped molecule... RNA strand is going to do this thing. It's like the level of the potential for things to go wrong with that is so incredibly high that it should be no wonder that this that didn't work. This should be we should only be getting mRNA vaccines after decades of clinical trials, research and constant going back to the drawing board and redesign. That it, it makes no sense that they rush this because it's you're taking it's like we're going to rush development of the world's fusion power plant and then be surprised when it doesn't work exactly like we want. Yeah, it, you could just. You could just run with it. Hey, like this isn't doing exactly what we thought it might. It's new technology, but you could you could celebrate it. It is, in fact, reducing symptoms. And so what we're going to do is obviously we're like. We're going to keep encouraging the vaccine companies to keep doing the research and trying to improve this technology. We encourage everyone to get vaccinated because it will reduce your symptoms. But we're also going to ramp up distribution and production of these monoclonal uh, antibody treatments. And that way and then then just celebrate how low the hospitalization rate is. Like, why can't you do that? Why do you have? Well, and I know exactly why, because it's a it's a damn religion for these people. And yeah. there's no room for heresy. Yeah. And if you, it, it became a way for them to separate friend from foe. Yep. People with red hats are science-denying idiots who don't believe in COVID and do not follow the teachings of Fauci, and they are thus heretics to be separated from the herd. Thank God. Thank, thank science. We have a method to determine which amongst us are actually the heretics, as in... Did you did you get your did you get your experimental jab to signal that you're one of the good guys? No. Ah, then you have been marked as a witch and should be burned at the stake. <laughs> uh, well, Colleen says we don't have to worry about measles because we got vaccinated before the definition changed. That's true. Uh, and she does she does want to point out though. 
um, that uh, couldn't we have solved this whole problem by building the virus in a lab and then we could build a vaccine in advance to get in front of it. <laughs> well, I mean, that. now th- that is a, a good point because the level of complexity involved in telling a computer you need to cr- come up with a RNA strand that's going to spoof a human cell nucleus to then produce a very specific protein on the outside of the cell. That is an extremely complicated thing. And generally I would, would imagine requires a very, very good and highly technical understanding of the virus that you are trying to target so you can program that computer on exactly how to do this. Oh, and by the way, this was all done in the space of a week. Yeah. That was the the major success story of the COVID vaccine is that it took something some ridiculous amount of time. It's like, oh, it only took a couple days for the computer to come up with what this RNA strand should look like. Which to me makes me a little suspicious that you already had the computer programmed with the virus data which means you were studying the virus and uh, yeah, like basically they've lied to us about everything about COVID ever since the beginning. And I can, at this point, you can only pretty much assume malicious intent on everything they say about it. Right now to, to the, to the uh, initial point here is there's, a border crisis going on right now. There's something around 15,000 people that have gathered underneath the uh, international bridge. What is it? Del Rio in Texas. Yeah. And massive amounts, which is another strange thing. According to some media reports, these are all Haitian immigrants, which makes I. I, How do you get from Haiti to the Rio Grande? Yeah. Who bought your plane ticket? Yeah. That's confusing enough. So they, crossed the Atlantic to get to Mexico to then come over the bar. Okay. So, so supposedly these are, these are like Haitian refugees or Haitian immigrants that the easiest way for them to get into the United States, instead of coming through literally any other way that they could come through was, Oh no, the easiest way to get to the United States is to sneak over the Mexican border. (laughs) So I don't know how true it is. That these are most that these are all Haitian immigrants. That sounds weird to me. Maybe it is. But, Maybe not all. But, but the, I, I have I have definitely seen in video that there are absolutely Haitian Haitians there. Like there are people, and you're like that guy's a Haitian. It's like that guy definitely looks like he's from Haiti. How is that guy there? That guy is certainly not a Mexican guy. It, there's something needs to be. It it needs to be very very strongly noted. That people that are thousands of miles away across an ocean found it easier to get into the United States by coming over the southern border than any other way. Yeah. I mean, that that is the surest sign that everybody else in the world knows that the United States does not have any type of restriction on its southern border. That's exactly what that the only thing that you can infer yeah. From the idea that Haitian migrants from 2,000 miles away across the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean went, we need to come in through Mexico. That means that everybody else in the world knows 
that that's how you get into the United States. That means that it's the yeah. easiest way to get into the United States. That means that that is the surest method for you to get into the U.S. and stay here. Which means yeah. that the Biden administration has been an utter failure at securing the southern border. Now, I say utter failure if that was ever their intent, which it was not. Yeah. But there are 15,000 people gathered under a bridge in Texas right now. And they're going to be shipped out to red states because that's another thing that people have pointed out. That all of these yeah. immigrants get loaded up on buses and move to the middle of the country, strangely into red states, which is why so many people point to the illegal immigration and the porous border pushed by Democrats as a method for them to conduct demographic replacement by shipping in illegal immigrants and then promising them the moon so they'll yeah. vote Democrat in an election and swing elections. And all of their children are going to be U.S. citizens with the full rights and privileges they're in. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the whole goal of all of this is to create this crisis where you now have tens of millions of illegal immigrants in the United States who have families and children that are now U.S. citizens, and it cr makes it so the problem is so impossibly hard to solve with anything other than mass amnesty, and which will as per the goal, completely change the demographics of places in the United States with the sole, with, with the point being that areas that were solidly red now are not. Yeah. That, and, that was the goal of it is to make so, it, is to make it really hard is to take places that were really red, that were voting the wrong way and make it so that those places are now contentious areas that could be flipped or at least, to cause division inside the United States so that there are no longer solidly red bastards. Well, now there's there, there, you know, if you want to be super really cynical about it, you take a look at the banning of these antibody treatments and you have to ask yourself the question of, you know, are they banning these antibody treatments because they want more people in red States to die? Uh, because even in Jen Psaki's answer, she showed bitterness about Texas and Florida specifically, which are governors that are pushing back against these vaccine mandates. And so is it that we're banning the use of these antibody treatments because we want more people to die so we can declare it as a win? Look at look at big dumb Abbott and DeSantis. They're killing all of their yeah. citizens. They're so horrible. If you're cynical, yeah. that would be the thing you arrive at. But now take the idea that there's a giant border crisis and what are they going to do? Are they going to start shipping unvaccinated people from places like Haiti and South America and Mexico, are they going to ship them also into Texas and into Florida? And that's going to cause another spike in COVID transmission to be like, well, gosh, gee shucks, everybody. If only you'd get vaccinated. But yeah, but it's, it's obvious that the United States government doesn't actually take the vaccine seriously or coronavirus seriously, because if they did, they would be vaccinating these people before releasing them into the United States. And they are absolutely not doing that. And we're talking 15,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. It is very clear that the plan is to use COVID. Well, as the, as we've seen this whole time, COVID has been used as a extremely effective political weapon by the Democrat Party. And 
manipulating the data, manipulating the infection rates, manipulating all of these things is a has worked out so well for them. Is it any is it crazy to think that the political party that has milked COVID for all it's worth would engage in essentially biological warfare against its own citizens in order to keep the gravy train of COVID rolling, which is essentially what they're doing. If that you're shipping in people that are unvaccinated and being unvaccinated, let's say, let's say they're even carrying COVID. Are they getting screened for it? Is everybody getting pushed across the border, given a PCR test or any of that, that we're told is so important? No, they're not doing that because they want to drive like it's biological warfare against us citizens in order to make people sick in order to keep COVID being something they can milk for political gain. And it's the same with these vaccines. Do the vaccines cure COVID or do they cause COVID? Would it really surprise you to find out that the vaccines cause these variants? And that's exactly the point. That's why they're being pushed is because it, it's not that it cures the disease. It's that it makes it worse. It allows them to keep milking it for all they're worth. That seems like it would be keeping in the tradition of what the Democratic Party does and how they've been operating for at least the last few years. These are the same people that stole an election. These are the same people that changed all the rules. These are the same people that were that championed the destruction of the country at the hands of Black Lives Matter. But then as soon as some but then called the January 6th rally a insurrection. All is keeping in the same Democrat, liberal, progressive kind of narrative that they're willing to do any and everything in order to secure their own political power. Right. Yeah. And it's I mean. It's hard. It's hard to take statements like that, which you want to just kind of be like, all right, well, that's a bit much. But their actions seem crazy. And at this point, and that's the whole thing, like when I when I bring up the vaccine hesitancy and some of this other stuff, you look at these actions and it absolutely looks crazy town to the extent that you have to ask, like, okay, but seriously, though, are they actually just are like, are they just trying to keep covid a thing because it gives them so much power? I think they absolutely are. It have to be. You I mean, have to, no other good explanation than that. I mean, you look at other countries. Australia is just bananas right now. Oh, you have insane. You have massive. This is what's interesting is like you, there. There's a lot of stuff going on in Australia. The media is not covering that. Uh, <clears throat> France has had massive riots over the mandates the media is not covering those either and you know that they're using the excuse of well god if we show other countries pushing back then they're going to push back here too exactly the other part is the coordinated effort nature of all of this all of these western liberal progressive governments all essentially jumped on the tyrannical covid gravy train at the same time And it feels somehow coordinated. It feels like they all looked at their donors and they're like, well, the donors are all telling all of us that we need to we need to do this and basically crush at the freedom of our citizens all at the same time in the name of this sort of great reset new world order nonsense. 
It's, it, I mean, it's also no surprise to me that, I mean, it's making all the crazy conspiracy theories sound more reasonable now. I remember throughout the 90s, people always kept talking about the United Nations and their ultra scary New World Order totalitarian Agenda 2021. Well, now here in the year of our Lord 2021, the United Nations seeking to expand its dominion and crush individual freedom and bring about some sort of one world totalitarian government that all of these other governments swear fealty to. Suddenly, that actually seems completely reasonable. You go, well, yeah, no, that's what they're doing right, right there. Actually, you can see it. The World Economic Forum controls all this stuff. It's part of the UN, and it basically the World Economic Forum's entire like plan of action on restructuring the world economy is exactly what I see parodying by all of these governments. Like, okay, so is that a crazy conspiracy theory still, or is that just reality now? I, I don't even know. Yeah, that that has been, I mean, for for lack of a better word, that has been the most fun part about all of this is how many of the wild conspiracies from the 90s we can point at and go, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, oh, that was real the whole time. Dang it. <laughs> I mean, you, you remember just like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. You remember when like FEMA camps were a concern? Yeah, I remember when people talked about like, oh, see, FEMA is going to declare a national emergency and then they can put us all in camps and then they can, what was it? And they can suspend the constitution. They can suspend the government. Like they can put themselves entirely in charge in the name of emergency measures to deal with with disasters. And then here, and here, again, the year of our Lord, 2021, I have people, I've seen government sources talking about we need to make coronavirus camps where we can shuffle away all of these people because of this national health crisis. And we need to crush individual freedoms and suspend the Constitution because of a national health crisis. And I'm left going, were those, no, those conspiracy theories were meant to be disregarded. They weren't meant to be a source of inspiration for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Like, That's, is that what happened? That all these government types started like listening to Alex Jones too much and went, wow, this guy's got a really good point. If we were to do that, that would really be effective. Like, yeah, there were there were never it was never actually the plan. They just started listening to some of the, some of these guys and then they went, Oh, that's actually a really good idea. And then they all yeah. got together and implemented Man, it. late night late night talk radio certainly <laughs> has some great ideas for how we could crush individual liberty. Yeah, okay, we got to get rid of Art Bell because we don't want him to call out. Get rid of Art Bell or else it's going to be way too obvious where we got the inspiration for this. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So as people know, I love love conspiracy theories. I don't dive into them and and jump on them when we we try not to do it a lot on this program uh, because it it gets unfair. Um, You know, you need the conspiracy to be true. But what, 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 what Alan's pointing out here is, you know, if anybody wants to know, if anybody in the government actually gave a damn about taking care of vaccine hesitancy, which I don't believe that they do, we're giving you exactly what is causing it. And, and the cure of it is to just stop lying about stuff. Stop being hyperbolic about everything. Just be honest and you would be fine. The fact that you are lying to yeah. people is exactly why they think there's a, a, a um, is exactly why they think that there's a conspiracy going on, which yeah. which Alan, <clears throat> Alan absolutely points out when he says, 
Why do you need me to do this so badly? That's what makes me suspicious. Yeah. It's the fact that you're lying about it. The fact that you they very clearly are lying about COVID and vaccines, about racism, about all of these things. Yeah. It feels like if you need to lie about it, then your goal is something other than what you're telling me it is. Right. Like yeah. if, if, for example, uh, the vaccines, if the vaccines were safe and COVID was really a serious problem, then it should be just that simple. Selling it to people would be as simple as selling it to people would be as simple as saying, hey, you should probably eat more vegetables and eat less ice cream. Everyone yeah. looks at that and goes, yeah, that does seem pretty intuitive. Yes. Now, but now, essentially, they're telling me I need to eat a bag of rusty nails and, for the love of God, stop eating food I bought from the farmer's market. <laughs> now, to to that point, you know, when we look at what's going on at the southern border right now, like I said, there's 15,000 people sitting there. Um, I don't think that Republican governors are doing enough. I know that Greg Abbott's doing some things, but I don't think he's doing enough. I, I need to see some serious like. Be Republicans need to stop being cowards and start being trolls because the solution to this and how to ridicule the Biden administration, piss them off, which gets them to misstep, gets them to say dumb things and, and, and honestly gets you far more of an advantage with the American public is exactly this. And the fact that this has not happened proves to me that the GOP is not being a serious party right now. If I was Greg Abbott in Texas, I would line the National Guard up around this bridge. I would stop any movement of anything. I don't care if it's an NGO vehicle, a DHS vehicle, ICE. I don't give a damn. Nobody moves. And you do it with an executive order that says, I'm not allowing any of these illegal immigrants into my country until I have proof from the CDC of their vaccination. Yes. Because and oh, what and what oh, are they going to do? It, yeah, it, are it. ICE agents really going to try to how how much resistance are ICE ICE agents really going to give you? Like, if you said if you send the National Guard out and said no, you will stop these, and if ICE agents if you get into a confrontation with ICE agents where they actually draw weapons and open fire on you, I mean, let's say push it as far as humanly possible. How does that turn out badly for the state of Texas? Like, what would be the headline the next day? Texas National Guard tries to stop influx of migrants. ICE agents open fire on Texas National Guard to ensure migrants have access to the country. Right. That's a giant. Hey, Governor Abbott, how about you deliver yourself the world's biggest political win? Yeah, exactly. Well, and and on top of that, it's just. You know that their advisors are like, well, well, geez, but if we do that, then Rachel Maddow is going to say that Governor Abbott wants to get the brown people, like wants to force the brown people to get vaccinated, but won't even force his own people to get vaccinated. Yeah. Who cares? Oh, the, 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 the left wing news media might call us hypocrites. Oh, no. Yeah, do it. Do yeah, it because right? one, it slows it down. It forces a huge burden. On the Biden administration, which you should be doing, it highlights it. It it forces the left wing media to have to talk about the 15,000 people sitting at the border right now. 
And it has to get them to acknowledge that they're not vaccinated, which would freak out their own side. Yeah. Which their own Yeah. Are a bunch of liberals really going to go, no, but it's okay that they're unvaccinated. That's fine. I, I, only Americans, only white Americans need to be forced to get vaccinated. That's really what I wanted to say. Right. They're going to make, they're, they're not going to be able to say that with a straight face. Do you think you're going to lose a single Republican voter because you said, uh, uh, I'm not going to allow them in unless I have proof of their vaccination? Like Republicans are going to be like, well, I hate proof of vaccination. I'm not voting for Abbott. No, yeah. but you know, you know what is no. going to cause a lot of people to not vote for Greg Abbott? Doing absolutely nothing about 15,000 people on the border. Yeah, that's going to that's going to cause a much bigger political problem for for Greg Abbott of Texas than you know, demanding these people take have the vaccine or demanding they can show proof of a negative PCR test. If I can't fly, if I can't fly across the country, if I can't fly to another US state like Hawaii without showing documented proof of a negative PCR test within the last 36 hours, then why should illegal immigrants be able to come in and do the same thing? Yeah. I, I, I have an idea. How about all those FEMA camps? We could just be filling up with illegal immigrants and then PCR testing them. But at the end of the day, it, it betrays that the real goal of all of this is not what they say it is. If their goal with coronavirus was to eliminate this virus then they'd be taking a wholly different set of approaches they have a whole different set of priorities if their goal with the southern border was to make sure that the united states is protected from foreigners they would have a whole different approach approach to that it and at, so at the end of the day we can look at their actions the fruits of their labor and say their true goals are exposed by their by what their actions are creating what they're saying doesn't matter, but what they're doing proves what their actual priorities are. Now, with that being said, we are in the last half hour of the program, so I need yeah. to uh, get on to this next story here, which is there was an update <clears throat> from General Kenneth McKenzie, the co commander of U.S. Central Command, uh, and he needed to talk about the... Oh, I'm, I'm here to brief the results of the... Stop it. The audio started going. Um, well, no. This is uh, a briefing about the drone strike that we talked about last week. We talked about yeah. earlier as well. And we brought up that the Pentagon was absolutely lying about it, that the Biden administration was absolutely lying about it, that they killed civilians. They tried to claim it was ISIS-K. They tried to claim that it was a car bomb. They also said that they took down two other supposed ISIS-K militants, which we said ISIS-K was never even talked about in the media before then. But they said yeah. they took they took out two other ISIS-K militants, but wouldn't tell anyone who they were. And now all of a sudden this this week. So we did that last week on our show where we pointed out that it was a lie. And the only reason the only reason why it was known to be a lie was because a journalist happened to be nearby when the strike happened. It went on social media and alternative media sources refused to let the story go. And it forced the Pentagon to admit this in a br briefing. This is Kenneth General Kenneth McKenzie, uh, the commander of U.S. Central Command, uh, a couple okay. of days ago talking about that strike. Afternoon. I'm here to brief the results of the investigation I directed following the report of civilian casualties from our strike in Kabul on 29 August. Having thoroughly reviewed the findings of the investigation 
and the supporting analysis by interagency partners, I am now convinced that as many as 10 civilians, including up to seven children, were tragically killed in that strike. Moreover, we now assess that it is unlikely that the vehicle and those who died were associated with ISIS-K or were a direct threat to U.S. forces. Ten, as many as 10 civilians, including up to seven children, were tragically killed in that strike. Moreover, we now assess that it is unlikely that the vehicle and those who died were associated with ISIS-K. <clears throat> they drone struck, they, they shot a hellfire at a car. They killed 10 people, seven of whom were children. And then they tried to claim that, oh, it was a secondary explosion from all of the bomb material in the car that really killed them yeah they lied the fact of the matter here is they lied they lied and all he says i offer my apology okay like look i I, i'm not going to crap all over general mckenzie because i don't know where he sat in this decision perhaps he authorized it it's possible i don't know what I am going to tell you is that no one is going to be punished for this. Now, yeah. sometimes you can make a mistake. Sometimes you can make a mistake. We worked in intelligence in the military, and sometimes you make a mistake. It's unfortunate when it happens. We've seen these mistakes happen. There were there was a time at our own uh, in our own location in our own battle space where uh, we one of the drone operators thought that they saw people burying an IED and they gave bad direction to aircraft and that aircraft ended up killing two farmers and not the people that were implanting the IED. So the, right. these things do occur. And so I'm not going to hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and say that this never happens and it only happens because of stupid people. So I'm not sure. I mean, people are allowed to be upset over the idea of civilians getting killed, and we should do better. That That's true, but, but war is a very dirty business. I'm not as mad about that as I am about the fact that they knowingly lied. The proof was out there the day that you, you conducted the attack. The proof that you got the wrong target was there the day you conducted the attack. There were videos on Twitter of dead kids the day you conducted the attack. And you lied about it. And the reason why you lied about it is because you thought that the that the right wing would get bored. Then you did the vaccine mandates because you hoped that that would take the news cycle away. And you ensured that your apparatchiks in the left wing media didn't talk about it because you just thought it was going to go away. And then when it didn't go away, you had to admit to the American people that you lied about killing children. And so what yeah. else are you lying about? It's a very good point. Uh, clearly what this proves is that the government feels no they feel no need to be honest with the American citizens. In fact, it seems as though they feel like being honest with us is detrimental to their goals. Is being detriment is detrimental to their priorities. Joe Biden authorized this strike because 13 personnel died because he was an idiot. 
He had a failed extraction. He had no plan. He made excuses. He blamed everybody but himself. And then to save face, he shot a hellfire at a car and it actually killed a bunch of civilians. And he hoped that they would just hail him as a hero for taking out ISIS-K, who nobody had heard of before. And then they would just go away and he could sit there and be big man on town. He didn't care if they killed 10 civilians. He cared that the headlines were hero Joe Biden kills terrorist. Right. Right. And so who are the other people that they hit? Who are the two other ISIS-K individuals they supposedly killed? Probably also civilians. They're just potentially journalists we don't around. know. We don't know. And I certainly don't trust them anymore with this sort of thing. They did this because of optics, because this administration is obsessed over optics and they don't care who they have to lie about. They don't care who they kill to get the optics they want. That is the most concerning part here. They do not care who they kill to get the optics they want. And that should concern everyone. And they overreact. They overreact to try to save their ass from an optics standpoint. And they launched a hellfire at someone's car with his family in it. Yeah. For they optics. clearly feel they are operating with no negative ramifications, with no oversight, essentially. That's, that is the feeling you're given about the regime, is that they know they are beyond oversight. All the people that would watchdog their actions are on their side and not going to rock the boat. Now take that. Well, by the way, let's just remember how enraged the Democrats were when Trump used a drone and killed General Soleimani, a head general in the IRGC. That was horrific, terrible, awful, worst thing ever. But then 10 civilians are dead and the Democrats are silent. Yeah. Just so you understand, the Democrat Party is silent over seven kids dead in a drone strike. You know, Mm -hmm. their biggest concern were war crimes being committed when, you know, Bush was in office. Then it was, you know, when Trump was in office, silent when Obama's in office, silent when Biden's in office. Obviously, we know they don't care about those things. Now, I want to take the idea that they would kill 10 civilians and then lie about it to just try to create the optics of Joe Biden being a tough guy. And let's take a look at Saturday's. Uh, Justice for J6 rally, which literally every influencer on the right for at least the last week said, don't go. It's a federal operation. And what well, did we I, see? And, mm-hmm. and one other thing to touch on here that we don't that we could have gotten into more, but it kind of speaks for itself is you have people like U.S. like General Miley. Generally. Taking a course of action that seems very much treasonous. Essentially, talk, like tr- undermining the U.S. president to our foreign adversaries for political reasons. I mean, it just shows where that, like, when people talked about, oh, there's this shadowy deep state that operates with its own set of rules. That is seemingly absolutely accurate. That the American voters have been sidelined by this process. That no matter who we vote for, there's this unelected bureaucracy of people like General Miley who control the reins of power to a relatively alarming degree and have nobody watchdogging their activities or providing any sort of counterbalance to their madness. 
Yeah, the the general Millie uh, Millie stuff I'll I'll cover real quick because here's here's the problem with it. Now, is it possible that General Millie did these things 100% absolutely? We know for a fact that there was a phone call from Nancy Pelosi uh where she made up some deranged conspiracy that Donald Trump was going to try to start a nuclear war to, uh, to maintain power. I just want you guys to understand that. That's the Speaker of the House, the third most powerful person in the United States government. Called the J- Joint Chiefs of Staff saying, I think that Donald Trump is going to try to launch a nuclear war to keep himself in power, but you're crazy for thinking that it's weird that suddenly a bunch of mail-in ballots don't make any sense to the actual voter rolls numbers. Right. And you're you're a right. threat to democracy if you think that the Democrats would steal an election. The same Democrats who tried to perform a military coup. Who tried to this perform is, yeah. a military coup. And this is all using January 6th as a pretext. That's where this um, message from... Uh, the Speaker of the House came from Nancy Pelosi. It came from post January 6th saying, oh, well, he's so Trump is so unhinged that he's probably going to launch a nuclear war with China in order to distract from January 6th and keep himself in power. And that's why I need you, my good friends, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, to ensure that Trump can't have access to the nuclear codes. And you then you get allegations that General Miley was communicating with the Chinese government, telling them, assuring them that he would let them know if Trump was going to take military action against China. He would tip off the enemy to the movement of U.S. troops. Yes, which is treason. Yes. That is providing, yeah, it's providing providing aid and comfort to the enemy. Now, the reason why I'm sounding a little skeptical is because these claims are coming from Michael Wolff. Michael Wolff is an author who wrote Fire and Fury inside the Trump White House. If you remember the allegations that Trump's staffers were recording Trump's uh, conversations to try to invoke the 25th Amendment, that was a claim made by Michael Wolff. So this guy doesn't have the best track record for writing real stories. Now, why Michael Wolff would suddenly want to go after General Miley, I don't know. Sure. I I don't know why that's the target of his ire suddenly. It seems a little strange because normally he goes after Republicans. So I'm 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 not saying that it's not possible that the woke general who's concerned about white rage, who was more concerned about white rage and doing a diversity stand down in the United States military than he was about not fucking up Afghanistan. Um, Yeah. Am I shocked that he would say, oh, don't worry, China, I'll let you know if we're about to attack you so you can kill literally all of my military members because I'll tell you they're coming? Um, No, I I, I think he might do that because I think that's exactly the kind of thing that someone like him would do. Uh, Do I think that he wanted to usurp the chain of command and say that people were not allowed to take orders from the commander in chief because it's a guy he didn't vote for. Yes, I do think he would do that. What I'm concerned about. And if you want to play the game of, you know, wanting to wonder why conspiracies like the idea of the election being stolen is easy for me to believe it's why wouldn't general Miley be scared of the repercussions 
of things like that if Donald Trump were still in office. Exactly. It's it's, as if General Miley was assured from the start that his actions would not result in in the loss of his job that he has worked so hard for. He's a general in the United States military. That takes a lot of effort and commitment to achieve. And those I generally deride most officers for being far too risk averse. That's very true. And I mean, that's true in my opinion is most officers are highly risk averse because they have to be so risk averse in order to have a long-term career. Well, if General Miley is an officer who has spent his whole career being risk averse and trying to like ambitiously climb the ladder of command, why would he take action against the president unless he knew that those actions were not going to negatively affect his career long term? And he was doing that while Trump was still in office. So that seems to me to allege that if he was taking those actions, he had a very good reason to believe Trump would not be in office long enough for him to be held accountable, for his career to be negatively affected by essentially treason. There was also a Wall Street Journal story that came out this week that said that uh, there were uh, admissions from sources that the CIA was specifically withholding intelligence from Donald Trump and specifically going against his orders in Syria. Wow. And they were cheered so for the United within States, the CIA. The United States people, the people of the United States elect a guy to do something. And then this, what can only be called some sort of deep state, essentially just doesn't listen to him and knows that they won't be held accountable. So as, is that, as, is that the, the crux of the story, if you're telling me? Real quick, as uh, as Colleen's pointing out, yes, some of the stuff that's listed in this book about General uh, about General Miley is is stuff that was after the election, but the lack yeah. of shock, yeah, is what okay. what we're really trying to cover here. the The fact that the, I don't think that this is the first time that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, because remember, remember when all of those uh, protesters showed up outside the White House and burned the uh, church down. Uh, across the street and then Trump went over there you had members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff complain about that oh yeah you you've had members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff speak out before because there were times where you know the the in fact General Miley said at, at, at the time that um when the media out of whole cloth created this idea that Trump was going to use the military somehow to keep himself in power before the elect, before the election, general Miley came out and said, like, I will not allow the, the military to be politicized. Yeah. So this guy was in the pocket of the media of the Democrats constantly pushing their narratives. So we, we know that for a fact. So the CIA and Syria stuff, obviously, they were withholding intelligence. They were not doing what Trump was asking them in Syria. They were being cheered for that. So once again, as Alan said, take a look at this whole deep state thing. You had the FBI investigating Trump all the time. The CIA is like not listening to his orders and just like being cheered by their leadership to not do things, which likely they're also not listening to, you know, orders that were coming from like Mike Pompeo and, and others. There's all sorts of uh, indications that the government was entirely infiltrated and was usurping the power of the people of the United States of America, because we put civilian leadership in charge of those assets. 
And so the Democrats were basically fomenting a deep state coup the entire time, just like Trump said they were doing, just like when he would claim he was doing and you would get these never Trumpers and Democrats going, how dare he question the service of the men and women of the intelligence community who we now know were doing exactly what Trump said they were doing. How dare he question our great people in uniform who were doing exactly what he said that they were doing. Now, I want you to take all of this and look at what happened Saturday at the January or the Justice for January 6th rally. And it was all feds. There's pictures all over the Internet of people who were pretty obviously federal agents. Yeah. And And so it had incredibly low attendance. The whole thing is a very bizarre scenario. I certainly never heard of any serious attempt of at justice for January 6th. Yeah. I, I never, never, I never heard about this until suddenly it's a bunch of it until the news media told me about it, which makes me feel like this, it was all contrived by the, let's just say the deep state as a way to drive hatred and division in the country against Trump supporters, roughly. I think the media made the whole thing up to get a bunch of people to show up out there in hopes that something would happen because there were counter protesters that were there. There were more counter protesters than protesters. They had a fully militarized stormtrooper police faction out there. The one guy who had a weapon got surrounded by cops and turned out to be what looks like an undercover police officer because he He had a badge in the video. He shows them a badge and they don't cuff him. They just walk him out of the area And so it looks like he was an undercover police officer. There's a group of guys who maybe they're regular people, but let's be honest, high and tight haircuts, the physique of guys who have to do PT every day. These dudes are something. Yeah. Maybe they're not federal agents, but let's just be honest. It's not insane to suggest that they are because we know for a fact that a bunch of this stuff it seems to be pushed by federal agents. The Whitmer kidnapping was primarily planned by federal agents. In fact, they just fired one of the federal agents that was involved in it. Then you have uh January 6th where there's all of these federal agents that were involved and they there's text messages that are part of the evidence in these trials. Where these guys are like, oh, what are you going to do? You, th- you hope something pops off? Oh, man, I sure hope something pops off, guys. Let's do some... W- Hello, fellow MAGA guys. Let's do some political violence, eh? Let's do a terrorism today. And when you man, look at Man, I it, sure love being just a normal U.S. citizen uh, that would love to do a terrorism. Isn't that right, my fellow angry conservatives? Yeah, so when you, you know... Years ago, everybody wanted to say that, oh, geez, the idea of the government pulling off a false flag operation is just beyond the pale. Let me ask a question. Whatever happened to the guy who had a truck that somehow drove from North Carolina with no license plates and was supposedly going to blow up the Library of Congress and said, I know what the best idea uh, to do right now. I'm super angry about vaccine mandates and Joe Biden. I think I'm going to get on Facebook Live and tell everybody that I have a bomb in my truck. I'm going to come out and say, well, gee, guys, I really don't like that there Joe Biden. I think I'm going to blow up the Library of Congress, yuck. 
I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but at this point, I, I think it's very legitimate for people to ask the question whether or not the federal government is creating right-wing extremism so Joe Biden can use the force of government to shut down his political opponents. Yeah. And uh, just to give you an idea... It of, certainly seems likely. It seems that's kind of the only real option anymore. And, and this was th- this was a tweet that came out from a, a Daily Wire article. I just... I'm just going to read it real quick here, but prosecutors argued that a January 6th defendant was a danger because he was a stay-at-home dad and a flight risk what? because he was a military veteran. Another was held for seven months without indictment where he was placed in solitary confinement and beaten. Yeah. It's a uh, government-sponsored violence against their political opponents. Yeah, I don't want to hear any more kvitching from the GOP about Uyghur concentration camps so long as there are people being held without indictment in jails in our own country for having the temerity of showing up at a protest outside the Capitol. Yeah. While I, those I kind of same... don't care about, oh, think about the poor people of North Korea. At uh, least, at least, while those same judges are releasing people who literally burned things down during Trump's inauguration and burned down a church and tried to storm the White House and assaulted senators, dozens of Americans were killed by Black Lives Matter in 2020, and they were never classified as a terrorist organization. Yeah, if we're going to be equal about protests that descend into some violence, then you have to at least be equal about it because we all can see that you're not. Yeah. You're overblowing January 6th as, as if it was, it was worse than nine 11. Oh my God. The only, the only people who believe that are the elites who were terrified over the idea that people still have any power. That's the only scary part about January 6th was the idea that Congress had to realize that if they piss off Americans enough, something might happen. Yeah. Otherwise, you're lying. Not a single person's traumatized by January 6th. Go to hell. Are you kidding me? It, how... How the hell is Congress more traumatized by boomers walking around and taking selfies than they are by a man shooting at Republican Congress members, grievously wounding Steve Scalise? Yeah. It it just goes to show that that it goes to show that everything that, that Democrats say is almost entirely a manipulation designed to alter the course of the discussion in their favor. And, and so we we are at the point right now where these people are so psychotic and so hyperbolic about trying to sell the idea of right-wing extremism. Take that and then take the, you know, all the unvaccinated people are magatards. Oh, and they and and they're a pandemic. It's a pandemic yeah. of the of, of magatards. Oh, the horror all of- all of this language everybody knows is targeted at Joe Biden trying to shut down any political opposition to his administration. So, yes, I am a 100 percent after watching them bomb civilians and then lie about it after watching them fail in extraction from Afghanistan and then call it the largest airlift in history, watching them shut down the use of antibody treatments in red states. 
Yes, I do believe that it's entirely possible that the government would attempt a false flag operation specifically so they could call their political opposition terrorism. They tried to stage a coup using the U.S. military. Yeah, Joe Biden had to have thousands of armed troops at his inauguration over nothing. Nothing happened, but thousands of troops at his inauguration. But 15,000 people are pouring over the border right now. Just just all the time. They're just just pouring over. It's fine. It's fine. Totally so, fine. So, yes, if you want to know why people are getting a little conspiratorial, it's because the government's acting exactly like a government that would do these things. Yeah, it's. <laughs> exactly like i i crazy i i think that it's entirely reasonable for people to say it's incumbent on the government to prove that they're in fact not trying to get their political opposition put into fema camps yeah that's a yeah, very good point <laughs> I, I don't i don't think people are crazy for looking at everything that's going on it's like hey it really looks like you're just trying to kill people who didn't vote for you and they go no nah, man it's fine but that's gonna have to be it for our show today uh let us know in the comments what you guys think and don't forget to share this with your friends and tune in next sunday at noon eastern where we will have more facts and analysis and be sure to go to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong think radio to help support the program for 2.99 a month I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. See you all next week.